This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 219 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Equisketch.com. Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Fergus, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show with our producer, Glenn. We've been together for a couple of weeks now. Well, I mean, we've been apart for a couple of weeks, but we've been producing the show all together for a while now, huh? Yeah, yes. And I got to tell you guys that uh, today, August the 8th, is the five-year anniversary of the Horse Radio Network. Oh, down uh, to yay! the day? Down to the day. Uh, five years ago, we put out our first Stable Scoop radio show, which was the flagship show. Uh, Helene and I did it, and we put it out on August 8th, 2008. So I, I got some statistics for you if you want them. Yes. Uh, yeah, we numbers, have, uh, on the Horse Radio Network, we have now 3,024 episodes that we have done uh, with all the different shows. That's that's a lot, and over that's a lot. <laughs> over yeah. forty two hundred guests have been on the Horse Radio wow. Network. Um, we have a hundred thousand plus listeners in over forty countries that that listen on a regular basis now, and also uh, millions of downloads, just millions of downloads. So uh, it's been it's been fun. You guys have been on uh, what a year and a half now, a year. Yeah, no, just, just over. Yeah. I, I just did my year. first show, I think, in July. I mean, we can probably check it out. But yeah. Reese was in June, I was in July, yep. so we're just That's over right. a year, and we're hopefully getting better. Well, I wanted to thank you for <laughs> being. It. I wanted to thank you for being part of that uh, five years and the success of the network. You know, when Helene and I first started, we said, you know, we're just going to do a little show and have some fun, and we don't care if anybody listens. And we really didn't. We were just having fun. We were good friends, and we just wanted to do it. My brother said, go do this. You need to do something creative. You're driving me nuts. I worked for him at the time. Uh, okay. So, And, I, I, you know, I just needed a creative outlet because the job I was doing for him wasn't a creative job. And he said, just go do it. Have some fun with it and do it, and who cares if anybody listens? And nobody did for a while. <laughs> we, we had about 12 <laughs> listeners after three months. And then it just, yeah. somebody told somebody, and it just took off. Well, it snowballs, right? And then we started the WEG show. That was the second show. And then, uh, and then these shows started up, all the discipline shows, and you know, all of them have built from there. Then uh, two year, a little over two years ago, we started the Horses in the Morning, the live show. And that, that right now is our biggest show. That has over 30,000 listeners that listen every month uh, to the show. Um, so, you know, it, it, and it should. It's, you know, five days a week, and, you know, it, it, it's a very general show about everything. But uh, uh, but you guys are over fifteen thousand listeners now for a dressage show. And when we first started it, you couldn't have told me we would have that many. You know, it just uh, <laughs> well, there's lots of lots of thank great you people for interested. To us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, and I've heard we a lot of great listeners. Yeah, I heard a lot of feedback. Thank you to listeners, obviously, who've made all of this you know happen over the last five years, and all of our sponsors too. You know, they're the they're the one reason we can keep going and doing what we do is is the good support of our sponsors. One of them today, Kentucky Performance Products, has been a sponsor since almost day one for five years. Yeah. She came on Yay. with us when we had nobody, and I said to her, I said, you can grow with us. And, you know, sponsors love to hear that. Um, right. You know, that's their favorite line. So, uh, <laughs> But she did. She believed in us yep. and believed in me and believed in Helena. We were the only two at the time, and she's been with us ever since and now sponsors many shows and, and has really seen some results from it. So 
it's been it's been wonderful. I've gotten some feedback recently from some of our listeners from Horses in the Morning show who listen to dressage now. They're not even dressage people, but they just like listening to you guys. So that says something <laughs> that's too. crazy. Well, that's great. Yeah. We love it. We love it. Yeah. I know. Well, I, I mean, I only listen because I mean, you forced me to be here. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. what you said the other week. Very true. <laughs> yeah, which one is yeah. the lie? <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and well, one other we thing, we, we want to tell everybody to get the app. We've had hundreds of people downloading the apps. Uh, if you have iPhone or Android phone, doesn't matter which, just go to the App Store, search for Horse Radio Network. We've had 21 countries now download the app already. Um, so definitely go. I've heard nothing but good feedback. People say it's so easy to use and they're enjoying it and we haven't had any problems with it. So definitely, if you don't have it yet, it'll make listening to any of our shows easy, but also the dressage show is on there, obviously, and, uh, it makes that easier to listen to as well. So go get the app. Well, <laughs> well, I already got it and it did. It works great. So, uh, that's perfect. Good. Well, I'm done. Perfect. You can well, we continue great, with great your show. own okay, show yeah. now. <laughs> We yeah, have a, we great have a great show, show today. Absolutely. We have lots. And, and I missed you guys. So we actually have Kathy Connolly uh, that came on the show. She is, um, we'll talk about it, but she and I have been together and working together for over 10 years. And she was actually, I did a clinic with her last weekend. We're going to uh, talk a little bit about that. And, and Miss Winnie was wonderful. And, and I really enjoyed seeing her. And we're also going to talk with Meta Larson about Neuschula bits uh, today. So I think that'll be, that'll be great. So we're going to talk a little bit about Hickstead. This was really, um, this was a big dressage time. And on August 4th, the Olympic gold medal pair of Carl Hester and Utopia led the Great Britain victory in the Nations Cup at Hickstead Sunday with the United States second and Germany third in the finale in the inaugural series of four events and the only one that was decided by the freestyle. And to note, Charlotte Desjardins did not ride in this team competition. So that was a, a little interesting uh, point. And this was the second um, victory for Great Britain in the Nations Cup, having won Rotterdam in June, while the United States, which competes in two of the events, finished third at Aachen, Germany, uh, and Germany a month ago. The United States combinations were Kathleen Rain and Brianna, Gunther Seidel and Coral Reef Wylia, and Shelley Francis and Doctor. They finished third, fourth, and fifth individually. Well, after Glenn does this commercial break, we're going to speak with Meta Larson from Neuschule Bits and have a little bit discussion with her um, about all the different options and some things and how to pick bits for your horse. And we, all, we know the bit topic is always very popular with the listeners, so I think this should be fun. I wanted to mention Equisketch.com. It is an app for your iPhone, iPad, or iPod Touch that will help you keep track of all of your horses and everything about them. It is a really cool app. Jennifer and I use it for our horses. You can track their worming, their vet visits, their dentist visits, their shots, all their different shots. You can schedule uh, reminders so that you know when your worming is due and which wormer is due, and it'll pop up on your phone when the day it's due, so you never forget to do your shots or any of that stuff again. As I said, you can do all your vet uh, visits and everything in there. You can also track your shows, uh, what's coming up and, and which classes you're riding and all of that stuff in there. You can track your students if you're an instructor and, you know, when their lessons are. It's just a really cool app. It's called Equisketch Records. You just search for Equisketch Records in the App Store. They also have a dressage app in there 
that you can, uh, this is would be mainly for your freestyle tests. You can actually insert your freestyle test. It's really cool, the graphics they have in it. Uh, put exactly what the freestyle test is, and it will it will take the the dressage field uh, right there on the screen, and and your ho- your little fake horse will ride the dressage test as you watch. So it helps you memorize your your especially your freestyle test where you put in all the different movements, and it'll, it's really cool the graphics that it uses. So all of those apps are available at equasketch.com, but the records app is 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 terrific. It is absolutely terrific. No more piles of papers with the Coggins test lost somewhere in it. You can have exact records of when all of that stuff is coming due right on your phone, carried with you. Well, it is our privilege to have Meta Larson. She's an FEI rider and trainer, but also she is the U.S. and Canadian distributor of Neuschule Bits on the show today. Meta, how are you? Thanks for coming on. I am great. Thanks for having me. Well, we were really excited to to talk to you because you're such an expert sort of in this field. And, and bits are all of us from trainers, everybody. You know, there's always a question. Can I can I do something better for my horse or can I put a better bit in their mouth? So tell us a little bit about your uh, your company, Neuschul, and um, let's start there. Well, I am, um, my company is, I'm actually the distributor. Neuschul is a British company and um, I met them when I was, over in Germany, and um, when I first just if you just if you've ever seen the bits when you first look at them you can just see wow these are really nice they're different they're they're beautiful and then when you start when I started to ask questions I could see that they put a lot of technology into developing these bits um, and so I wanted to speak to them more. And I started asking questions and had them explain to me how they do it and how they came up with it. And um, they really were for the horse. And that is what was one of the things that impressed me the most. So they had been involved in bits for a long time. And they wanted to come up with a better bit. Um, and they wanted to start at the ground level to produce something that was uh, the best bit that they could possibly manufacture for the horse. And that is how they came up with their Neuschul brand of bits. Um, now, Meta, maybe you can tell us a little bit about uh, some of the different bits that they offer and, and the bits that, uh, that you carry and, and how maybe they are a little bit different and, and maybe how, how they work, you know. Absolutely. I think what's important is to start with how they, how they developed them, how they came to that, um, which is they wanted to develop a metal that was really good for the horses now, so they developed a metal that was strong enough yet soft enough for the horse. And they came up with a metal that's called Salox Gold, which is a copper alloy that has the highest thermal conductivity of any bit on the market, which means it becomes the temperature of the horse's mouth the fastest of any bit out there. Um, Then they started with CAD design so that they could make each bit on the computer and make them ergonomically and anatomically um, correct to the horse. Um, and you can do that using computer technology because you can really have different shapes of horses' mouths and then develop the bits so that they are going to fit properly in there um, and not affect the most sensitive parts or um, by developing them that way. And then they also took each bit and made them on quarter-inch increments, which most bits out there are done at half-inch, but what we've done is take them 
and make a mold for every quarter-inch increment to make the bits anatomically correct at each increment. We don't stretch or shrink bits. We actually make them true to the size. Um, and then they've taken that and made different designs. So based on all these different anatomical differences in horses' mouths or, or how they respond to bits, they've taken that and made different designs of bits. So the... Um, or, or different mouthpieces. So, Meta, talk to us. Um, both Philip and I actually use uh, the bit, the Verbinden bit, and um, I've had some huge luck with that bit on a, on my young horse. He's five, and he wants to lean on the left rein, um, and that bit has worked beautifully for me. So, can you tell tell us a little bit about that particular bit? Because I'm interested myself on why it works, and then maybe some of the other other ones that you have. Well. Yes, I can. The verbindin is is like a magic bit. Um, and horses, when they love it, they absolutely love it. And you have a new horse. It's a different horse. It's it's developed um, with a, a the design is developed to fit just perfectly in the horse's mouth with a little channel where the lozenge is for the tongue, um, and it really promotes self carriage um, for the horse. Um, it eradicates tongue avert, um, evasions by creating that channel. And by doing that in the way that it sits in the mouth, it, it seems to create a much more freedom in the horse's shoulder, and they don't want to lean down on the bit. Um, and, and we just see day after day horses that have this tendency to want to lean on one side or lean down or evade like that. You put them in the verbindin, and they're, they just, they're happy, and they become new horses. Okay, so then there's there are other bits that the, another um, design that we have, that, which is the trans trans angle lozenge. Um, and here you have a lozenge or a little bean that is uh, set at about a 20 degree angle um, over the horse's uh, tongue, and it gives a little bit of a tongue channel for the horse. Um, it has, but it's a slightly different design. Um, and it just has a nice even distribution of weight. And so if the Ravindin isn't a good choice, sometimes this is a better choice for the horse. Um, the other design in the mouthpiece that we have is we have the Neue Schul Tima. Um, and this is just, it's just a really gentle curved mouthpiece, also with a lozenge. The lozenge is set at a slightly different angle. Um, and it just sits nicely and evenly across the tongue and the bars. Um, and for horses that you might want to need to come a little more, bit more into the bit, that's a great option. Um, now, Meta, it seems like, uh, sorry, I just wanted to jump in here. It seems like, you know, almost all the dressage bits these days are, you know, have that double jointed with a little lozenge in there. I, I have a question, that, you know, like, have you come across a horse, like, kind of personally, or somebody maybe you've had direct contact with, who the horse prefers the traditional kind of single-jointed snaffle? And what what kind of horse is that? Because, uh, like, like Reese said, I I've used this verbindin bit on this horse that was a little heavy in the mouth that worked perfectly, you know. And all the other horses I have almost go, you know, go pretty great in this kind of double-jointed. But um, I think there's some people out there that might might have a horse that prefers just the the single snaffle. Are. And there are. And and it's, you know, it's less horses than than not that prefer actually a joint in, the, in their snaffle. 
But for those that don't, we have the Demianchi, and that is a single-jointed. However, it's been designed the way that it's been designed. It could never create that nutcracker effect that some of the snaffles that are single-jointed do. In other words, with the design of our Demianchi, it'll never go up into the roof of the mouth or down into the tongue when when you increase the contact. Um, And I'm seeing less horses that... I mean, most horses I'm seeing like that joint in there, but every now and then there's one that doesn't, and then the then the solution or one of the options is this Demianchi, and that comes both as a snaffle or a burdoon. So, Meta, let me um, just a question versus just with so many. You know, I'm actually on the website now and, and looking at the bits, and you have the loose ring versus a fixed cheek. If people yeah. were trying to decide, okay, you know, I want to come on the on the website and I want to decide on a bit, um, how do you decide between a loose ring and a fixed cheek? Well, um, with the loose ring, the horse feels all that vibration in your fingers. Like, they feel a lot more. So if you have a horse that's really sensitive in the mouth, you might actually, or a young horse sometimes, or a rider that has less experience, you might want to go with a fixed cheek bit because they're not going to feel all those changes and vibrations in your fingers that you feel in a loose ring. Um, so sometimes when I have a horse or a rider, or especially if you have a rider that's, you know, the hands move a little bit, to make it a little bit gentler and kinder for your horse, you might want to pick a fixed ring a bit. Also for a young horse or for a horse that drifts through through the aids, the, the fixed ring, whether it's an egg butter, it's a full cheek, or any of those, it'll give lateral stability to the face. So sometimes a young horse, you want that. You might have to physically, you know, show the horse where the direction. Then a fixed cheek, you've got that lateral stability to help direct them. Um, and that's kind of how you, those are the kind of the questions that you ask yourself or your trainer and, and when you're evaluating your horse and deciding what kind of bit do I want, loose ring versus a fixed cheek. Do you have any other guidelines for choosing a bit? I mean, because it's, I mean, it's so hard and, and um, you know, you, don't, you can't necessarily try them all. Is there, you know, uh, is you there would... any other things that you could tell somebody that's on the website looking at the different bits and, and how to well, make here, a choice? Absolutely. Here's what we do is we say, okay, think about, like, what, does your, what do you feel with your horse? What does he need? Then go in and you pick a couple of bits you think are the right ones, and then and with each bit we tell you a little bit about the bit. Go through and read what sounds like it's your horse might need or fills, you know, fills that, that need for your horse. Then if you have more questions, send us an email. We'll help guide you what might be the best bit. You never know until you put the bit in your horse's mouth, but we're here to help. So if you send us an email or you give us a call and say, hey, here's what's going on with my horse or this is what I have difficulty with, what do you recommend? We'll help you choose that if you haven't been able to figure it out yourself. And how about some guideline for sizing the bit? How do, you, how, do, how do you recommend that people do that the best way to get the right size when they order? So take the bit that you have um, and measure it. You, and what you really want is, and then look at what it looks like in your horse's mouth. So with the loose ring, it's the most important. Because if it's way too tight, you, you risk pinching your horse's mouth. But you'd like about an eighth of an inch on either side of the horse's mouth when that bit is sitting in his mouth. Um, so if you 
if you don't know what size he is, take whatever bit you're on, put it in, take a look. See if it's too big, too small. Measure it, lay it down flat on the on the table, and then measure from the inside ring to the other inside ring. And then add or subtract according to how it sits in your horse's mouth. Um, that's really how you decide. If it's a fixed cheek, uh, you know, it can be, it, you still would like about an eighth of an inch, but it can be a little bit closer because you're not going to pinch anything. It's important that it is the right size because if it's too big, it it'll it won't sit correctly in the horse's mouth, and then you can create some pain for them. And there's a YouTube video. We have like 90 YouTube videos and 30 more on the way that can that'll answer any question that you have, or just about any question that you have about the bits or how to measure any any of those questions. We have a YouTube video. So they, you can also um, link on to that and look, and we can help guide that way. But we're always available. If you send us an email, we'll help you. Somebody YouTube is question. awesome. Yeah, yeah, YouTube is awesome. Very helpful. Um, <laughs> yeah. Meta, when you're, when you're talking about, you know, let's say I wanted to buy a bit, um, and I actually bought the bit as a Bradoon. Is that okay? Because I thought, yeah. well, I could use it as a sample versus a double. Can you talk to everybody a little bit about just buying it, trying it that way if you have a horse that maybe will also go on a double bridle? You can, you can use the Verdun size rings as a snaffle bridle, and we often do that. Um, and have, especially with people that have horses with finer, more refined heads, we'll do a 55 um, millimeter ring. Um, both are legal in dressage. You can show in a Verdun ring um, or a snaffle ring as a snaffle bit. Well, Meta, thank you so much for all your information. I think bits are such a, they're, they're such a hot topic and something that even trainers, we all want to try new things and, and, um, and, and use new products and figure out what's the best for all the horses that we have. So thank you so much. Uh, how would our listeners contact you? Um, that's easy. You can go to our website, which is uh, metlar, M-E-T-L-A-R-U-S.com. And on the site, you can look up all the bits and, and any information that you might need there. And then if you need to contact us directly, you can contact me at mlarsen, M-L-A-R-S-E-N, at metlar-us.com. And we'll help you figure out what bit is the best bit for your horse. Um, we're here to help you, and we want the best bit in your horse's mouth um, so that he can go to, he can be as happy as possible. Um, and if you need to give us a call, you can call us at 631-252-5574 uh, or go to your local tax store. Uh, if they carry our bits, they can help you as well. Great. Well, thanks so much. I know Philip and I will be calling. Well, that was a very interesting discussion with Meta, and I think bits are something that we always can talk about. But right after this commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products, we're going to have a trainer tip from Kathy Connolly, FEI International Trainer and Rider. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Have you heard of Saccharomyces boulardii? It's a yeast, a type of probiotic. Often referred to as S. boulardii, it benefits your horse's digestive tract in several different ways. 
One unique property of Esbulardii is that it supports the stimulation of something called brush broader membrane enzymes that are found in the intestinal lining. These enzymes help your horse digest starches and sugars in the small intestine. When the sugars and starches are more completely digested, fewer of them escape into the hindgut where they can ferment and cause imbalances that lead to colic, diarrhea, and laminitis. Saccharomyces boulardii is found in Nalox Advance, made by Kentucky Performance Products. Nalox Advance contains a blend of yeast, fermentation solubles, and stomach buffers. These ingredients work together to maintain your horse's digestive tract in peak condition. Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of all ages and stages and is fed on a daily basis. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, it is truly my honor to have my mentor, Kathy Connolly, on the show this evening. She is a well-known international trainer, FEI, and has been my trainer for many, many years, uh, over 10 years now. Oh, gosh, Kathy. Uh, and we were going to talk on a trainer tip that is, we, we, we were talking before the show, we wanted Kathy to talk to you about horses that are heavy in the bridle. This is a, a big uh, problem for a lot of our listeners and myself as well. So uh, get us started on that conversation. Okay, well, first of all, it's a pleasure to be with you here again, um, and I remember speaking with you before the Olympics, and it's great to be on with you, Philip and Reese, and it's so great to see you in uh, Kentucky, Reese, last weekend, and I've just loved helping you over the years. It's your fabulous rider, and it's a true joy. Um, I'm happy to talk about what to do in training with a heavy horse. That's a very common problem. And there are a few things that come to mind. One is that we have to decipher as a trainer rider why the horse is heavy. As long as the horse is physically able and doesn't have a problem taking weight on his hind end, then it really comes down to riding the horse in the balance box, which is where our vertical axis intersects with the horse's horizontal axis, and riding with good basic aids, riding correct half-halts, to help the horse to transfer his weight onto the hind end so he really can engage. And engagement is a combination, really, of carrying more weight behind and then still being able to thrust or move as he does that. I think that's a, that's a, a good point and a, and a good starting point is to really figure out, um, you know, why the problem is happening. I mean, you know, we get a, a lot of horses like this but we have to kind of evaluate you know if they're every once in a while you get a horse that might be a little bit sore behind whether it's in the hoof or in the hawk or something like that that he's not he's not able to carry the weight behind and then we're maybe asking a little bit too much so it's great you know from a trainer's perspective and to get somebody to help you a little bit with that because if if there is a problem you know back in the in the back or something then it's really not fair to even start the training but say, you know, you've kind of gone over that, you've discussed it with a trainer. What are some good exercises to kind of, even the most basic horse, you know, moving up through the levels, how do we, how do we improve this elusive concept of engagement? Mm-hmm. Well, I think your comment was good, Philip, and I think that most horses will do whatever we ask them to do it 
if there's really kind of two reasons they don't. Either they can't, and you just mentioned an instance where they wouldn't be able to carry the weight behind because they're sore or something, or because it's not clear to them. So what's important in increasing engagement and getting them to carry the weight behind is that we ride the half halts very clearly. And we know it's a four-step process, step one and four being where we ride them forward to the bit, step two being where we close in both hands, step three we soften, and step four we ride forward again. And the four questions most people ask, and which are very pertinent to the kind of horse you're riding, are how long should the half halt be, how strong should it be, how often should I do it, and when. And that really comes from learning the basic fundamental of using our seats correctly so that we can influence the horse in the half halt. And then the application of the half halt is the key part of this because that is individual depending on what kind of horse we're riding and what result we get. And the application of a half halt is really feel. And to some people, that comes naturally. And to others, it is something that takes a longer time. And some exercises to answer your question are that, or transitions. Transitions really are the test of the balance of the gates. And lots of times horses can look balanced in a gait like the trot when they really are not. But once you put it together with transitions like trot walk or canter trot canter, then we see um, in the change of gait, we see the, the lack of balance in the horse. So a couple good exercises are, one, is on a circle 20 meters to ride in a sitting trot once the horse is warmed up and ride trot, walk a step trot, trot, walk a step trot, riding half halts through our lower back seat and forward into the bridle so the horse can step under and relax in his back enough to step under, thereby levitating his shoulders a little bit and being able to come over his back through his neck to the pole. And that can be done in both directions. And another great exercise that's very simple is corner training where the horse, let's say we're trotting again and we proceed down the long side and the rider stays in shoulder four down the long side. And Reese, you've done this exercise with me before. Mm-hmm. And the horse comes down the long side and we get to the corner letter, for example, K, and you're tracking left, then you would walk and then walk the horse up into the corner and halt, bringing his hind legs under, and then you proceed doing corner training riding the horse forward up into the bridle and it's a very effective and easy exercise because the wall helps to bring the horse onto his hind end a little bit more or the idea of the wall to the horse and staying in shoulder four straight really helps us to get more engagement with that, which then helps us to transfer that balance into the canter transitions. Those are easy exercises. Um, actually, I think it's next month. I have an article coming out in the USDF Dressage Connection on corner training, but those are two simple ones that can be done with horses really at any level. 
And now, Kathy, I just wanted to kind of make a point here because I, I have a tendency to come into a lesson with a new rider and uh, we're getting back to the concept of the half halt because that's what teaches engagement. And, um, you know, we kind of, this, this, like I said, it happens to me a lot, maybe what you think about this, but um, the rider kind of gives a half halt and nothing happens, right? Uh-huh. Or where, you know, where you go to make that engagement or, you know, or go forward and the rider puts the leg on and also nothing happens. I think this goes back to your point of being clear that, you know, when the contact comes on, the horse has to react, right? We see so many non-reactive horses and, you know, pe- people who are trying to do it in the right way. But I think there are some stepping stones to getting light aids, right? I think a lot of times we can't expect an uneducated horse to to react to a light aid. I think sometimes I have to step in there and say, hey, you know, if he doesn't, if, if, if it's not happening, sometimes you got to make it happen. I think that um, that's that's something I've come across. Is that has that been in your experience or? Yeah, I think that's a good commentary, and I think that is true. And it brings a couple things to mind. One is I think half halts come in different sizes. Let's say one to ten, and one would be perhaps a very soft, light half halt. <clears throat> and as it graduates on to ten, it would be a firmer half halt. Obviously, in the philosophy of do no harm, it's never brutal or too tough or strong, but I think this, that sometimes people, riders think they're being clear when they're actually not, and they think they've given a half halt that isn't clear to the horse, so I think always that it's important that we try to figure out why it actually is that the horse hasn't responded to the half halt. Lots of times, horses will not respond in the bridle if they're not light to the leg. It's not possible to get a horse light in the bridle if he's not light to the leg. So if a horse isn't responding well, it's good to go on, say, a 12-meter circle. And again, this can be done with a horse on any level. And carry the whip on the inside and leg yield the horse away from the leg, from a light leg. If he doesn't respond, just to tap him with the whip and teach him to leg yield away so that when we first use the legs and close them to bring him forward to that we get a response. And as you said, sometimes there isn't much of one, especially in a horse that is perhaps lazy or who is behind the leg. And that's common for all of us as riders that will have that happen. Now, once they go to the bit, I always speak about the fact that, you know, we know that the pole is designed by nature to come rounder. And a lot of it, happens in what is the second piece of the half halt, and that is when the rider rides the horse forward from the seat and leg to the bit and then closes in the hands, and then lots of times the horse will come hollow or come above the bit or come behind the leg. That's usually where the problem actually is, and that's why I like to see that they become light to the leg first in both directions on a 12-meter circle, and then when we actually employ the use of our hand or hands in the half halt, we can just gently massage downward in our fingers, which is in compliance with the way that the pole is designed, not lower our hands, but just massage around our both hands. And this this encourages the horse to relax in the pole and come rounder rather than someone pulling back, which often is what happens. And as we know, in a snaffle, bit 
it acts on the corners, bars, and lips and the tongue, depending on what kind of snaffle it is. But this kind of movement and repetition, let's say every third time the inside hind leg comes down, um, really encourages the horse to seek the contact and seek the connection with his hind legs to the bit because of a good and clear connection from the rider, from the rider's seat to the bit with the rider's hands. Well, Kathy, that's really, it's, it certainly is the hardest thing to do. So can you talk to us a little bit about sort of your expectations with a half halt with like a training level horse versus, for example, an FEI horse, a pre-St. George horse? Yeah, you know, something I was te- I'm teaching a clinic here in Long Island this weekend, and I was saying to somebody, because in dressage, you know, the first thing we need to do is get a horse through and on the bit. It's, it's harder to go A to B, which is what that is, than go B to Z, which is all the rest of it. In other words, all the movements, et cetera, really are dependent upon being able to get a horse um, to be relaxed, through his body and come through in order to be able to perform the movements. Now, when we think of a lower-level horse, as you're referencing, or then an upper-level horse, um, it's it's not necessarily true that the upper-level horse. Let's say you let's say anybody's brought two horses to their barn. One's a you know first or training-level horse, and one is a an FEI horse. Sometimes the lower-level horse will be better in the half-halt than the FEI-level horse, depending on how he was taught it or what his particular issues are. Um, So, again, I always think that it's most important to stay with basic exercises in the beginning. I love to warm horses up and trot canter transitions on a 20-meter circle because, one, the talent in one gate helps the suppleness in the other gate, and it's good for any level horse. And the and also going in both directions helps to supple in both directions. But again, whatever level the horse is, it comes back just to integrating that that half halt uh, on the basic level with that horse. And that depends on a horse being three things: forward, light to the leg, so that forwardness is a state of mind when they go into the bridle. The second thing is that they're straight and shoulder four, whether it's down the long side or on a 20-meter circle. And the third thing is responding to the half-halts, which takes some experimentation depending on what kind of horse we're on. Um, one example there, some horses are, for example, light to the leg, but they're heavy in the bridle. Some horses are dull to the leg and dull in the bridle, and some horses are electric... Um, Electric to the leg, I already said that, electric to the leg and dull in the bridle, or they're dull to the leg and a little oversensitive in the mouth. So we as riders need to really tap into our best abilities with our own feel to feel how we can help them and in their tactile response to what we do. And that takes experimentation, and I think that takes experience too. Some people will say, well... You know, if, if you're right, teaching, they'll say, um, you'll say, no, you need to have help. They'll say, I, I did and it didn't work. Well, sometimes it really wasn't effective because it wasn't a half halt that spoke to the horse in a clear way for the response that 
we want. So it does take time and experience, and I think riders need to be patient with themselves and their horses and really get good training from someone to understand how to half haul correctly. That is the foundation of our whole sport. Well, that's it could couldn't have, we couldn't have said it better. I mean, that's absolutely right. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for your time and knowledge tonight. It was great to have you on. If our listeners wanted to contact you, how would they do that? I have an email. It's um, Kathy Conley, AVF at AOL.com. That's my name, K-A-T-H-Y-C-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y. A is an apple, V is in Valley, F is in farm at AOL. And that's my email. And I thank you. Both very much. I really enjoyed speaking with you, and thanks for a chance to be on your wonderful program. Well, I have a shout out today. Um, we had a very, very exciting thing happen at Maplecrest Farm here today. Uh, I want to shout out to Jessica Hainsworth. She, on her purchase of Fleur de Lis or Mini, she's uh, a filly that we bred here, and uh, she's my second born. And I couldn't be more excited about their uh, partnership together. And I wish them all the best luck together. So, to Jessica and to Mini, good luck. And we look forward to hearing all of what you do in the future. Well, Philip, that was a great show and I think a really interesting conversation. So um, as always, I missed you and Glenn last week, but I'm glad we're back for August. So we have some great shows. And uh, next week, we're going to hear from our uh, good friend, Olivia Lagoy welts And uh, we're also going to start talking about one of our favorite things. And one of the things we're passionate about, Philip and I, are the Young Horse Championships and Training Young Horses. So that's sort of what's on, on tap for this month. But you can find our show notes and links to today's guests at our website, dressageradio.com. You can like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for this week, Kentucky Performance Products and EquusCatch.com. And don't forget to check out all the other great shows on the Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. And a special shout out, Glenn, to you and to Jennifer, the owners of the Horse Radio Network, and the fact that you put up with us every week. Uh, but congratulations on five years, Glenn and Jennifer. That's a huge That's accomplishment. A big milestone. That's wonderful. And thanks for having us as part of your Horse Radio Network. Well, and we, exactly. we, we are so glad to have you, and I was just joking. I like spending my Thursday nights. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, sure. I know. Uh, we know it's true. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, thanks for listening as well. That makes sure the Horse Radio Network continues and to our sponsors as well. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we look forward to talking with you next week. 